Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from a a warm but fine day in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, Today is week seven in our eight-part series on unity and world religions been a fascinating series and uh, we're we're going to look at the religion of Taoism today um, which should be quite interesting too I think Uh, we uh, we may be somewhat familiar with Taoism because in recent years uh, many books have styled themselves the Tao of this the Tao of that right from children's books to leadership and business guides two philosophical texts. So um, that, that term Tao has been attached to, to many different uh, aspects. And we'll look at what, what the word Tao actually means in a moment. Uh, the very influential version of the uh, key text of, of Taoism, the Tao Te Ching, uh, by Stephen Mitchell, has also been read by many people. It's a very accessible version. Uh, beyond that, though, our grasp of Taoism may be a little hazy, and uh, we sort of have a gist of what it's about. We may have heard of yin-yang and things like that, but not much more. Um, it's one of the great indigenous religions of China, um, the other being Confucianism. And uh, Confucianism, a bit like Shinto in, in uh, Japan, is almost like a national religion that hasn't spread that much, uh, unlike other religions. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not dealing too much with, with either Shinto or, or um, Confucianism. Um, we're going to focus more, like I said, on, on the other great uh, flowering of um, Chinese philosophy and spirituality, Taoism. And of course, both Taoism and Confucianism have been influenced by Buddhism, the, the other great uh, religion that uh, came from India originally into, into China. Um, by the way, Stephen Mitchell, the uh, the, the writer and uh, author of the version of the Tao that I talked about earlier, um, has put a sort of a Zen take on the Tao. So there's another uh, sort of Buddhist influence there, which which makes it slightly different from the original, but uh, very acceptable, to, especially to Western audiences. Kind of explain some of the concepts in ways that we we become familiar with over the years. So Taoism is at least 2,500 years old, perhaps older. Uh, the, uh, the the founder, at least by legend, is Lao Tzu or Lao Tzu, and uh, just simply means old master Lao. Um, 
and we really don't know if if he was the actual founder. It, it's it's all wrapped up in the in legend and tradition, uh, and and of course the great book is the Tao Te Ching, which is actually one of the shortest uh, scriptures on the planet. It's only five thousand words, eighty one short chapters. And there's a legend about its origin that's kind of kind of interesting. Again, we're not sure if this is true or not, but um, supposedly Lao Tzu had uh, been a, an archivist uh, in China for many years and had become, in his old age, disenchanted with uh, with civilization in general and wanted to wander off into the wilderness. And so he was heading west towards Tibet uh, and came to the gate on the, the, the boundary, the border between... Um, China and Tibet, and uh, the gatekeeper recognizing him and knowing him to be a great sage who had never actually written anything down, he'd just been uh, sharing uh, orally. He said, please, before you leave, could you write down the, the essence of your wisdom? And uh, at first, Lao Tzu didn't want to do it, but he was prevailed upon to do so. Spent supposedly three days writing down these 5,000 words, handed them to the gatekeeper, and then wandered off into the wilderness uh, on a water buffalo, as the, the legend goes. Uh, so whether that's true or not, it's a nice story, isn't it? And uh, we get this beautiful book, uh, which has actually been translated uh, more times uh, than any other book in the world except for the Bible. So it's, it's highly influential. I'll, I'll give you some names of uh, famous translators that you might be interested in finding their, their version of the Tao if you don't, if you don't have it. His disciple, uh, not direct disciple, but a disciple of, uh, at least 100 years later, Jiangsu, uh, is also influential. And I'll be reading a little bit from, uh, from him uh, later, in the, later in the show. So Taoism, you know, like a lot of religion, it starts with a, a primitive base, a, an essential core, uh, and then it becomes more ritualized and philosophical as it unfolds. And I think this has happened for uh, Taoism too. Uh, there's much more ritual than, than Lao Tzu ever had, um, and an interest in, in al alchemy and, and alchemical processes for immortality. And that's sort of connected to the breath and medicine and um, the, the chi and, and uh, other disciplines that we may be a little bit familiar with. Uh, but it can get quite complicated, and um, there are various body and mind techniques for, like we said, creating sort of immortality within the in the body mind. And uh, I'm not going to get into that. There's also another um, thread where it's become codified as as a sort of church. You know, there are many temples throughout uh, China, uh, especially in the old days. Less so today because of the communist influence. Um, but large temples uh, dedicated to a more ritualized form uh, of Taoism. But, uh, you know, we're in unity. We're non-dualist. We're uh, trying to get back to the primal understanding of, of religion and spirituality and, and, and mystical. So I want to I want to follow the thread of Taoism that is all those things, that it, that is uh, mystical yet practical. I think that's the beauty of the Tao. Um, it's it's not just abstruse philosophy. It's it sometimes speaks in conundrum and paradox, but once you understand the 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 the, the reason for that, uh, like Jesus' sayings, you, you see that they're eminently practical, and and uh, that's what attracts me to to Taoism. I think. 
I'll tell you a little bit about my background with Taoism. I think I first came across um, the Tao Te Ching in college and uh, had a little bit of a look at it, but didn't really spend much time with it. But then when I was traveling to India um, in my 20s, I was 23 or 24, um, I stopped in Tehran in, in Iran. Uh, there were friends there. And one of them had a, a handwritten copy of the Tao Te Ching. He, he loved the book so much that he'd uh, made his own copy of it. And I remember one day sitting down and reading um, the Tao from beginning to end and uh, being totally fascinated by it. Actually, it, it was a beginning of my opening to spirituality in a deep way. And so I, I give thanks for the, the Tao for that. I think it was Houston Smith, uh, the great uh, writer, theologian, said that he could read um, the Tao in half an hour, but it would take a whole lifetime to truly understand it. And um, I think that's true. It's, it's a short book, but it, it's extremely, um, extremely deep. As I said, there's many versions of the Tao Te Ching, um, which you might want to get hold of. We mentioned uh, Stephen Mitchell's, which is probably one of the more accessible versions uh, for Western readers. But there's also some other good English versions. Uh, I like the uh, Jiafu Fang and Jane English translation. Uh, and then there's one by John C.H. Wu that's good. Uh, Chad Hansen has an illustrated version. Uh, Rickard Wilhelm um, studied the I Ching and the Tao and has written uh, a good uh, book and, and translation. And, of course, Arthur Whaley's um, classic, uh, The Way and Its Power, is, is a wonderful one. Like I said, there's more translations the, than any other book other than the Bible. So those are just a few uh, if, you, if you're interested. Uh, so key themes. Tao. Whoops, I'm sorry. There's somebody at the door and I <laughs> got distracted there for a second. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Let's get back to the flow and in the Tao. <laughs> That's the thing when you do the show at, at, in your home in the, in, in the shutdown of, of COVID here. Um, Tao, you know, you cannot translate the Tao. And, and it, the first uh, statement said in the Tao, you know, the, the, the Tao that can be uh, stated is, is not the true Tao, right? That, that which um, can be told, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal now, and uh, I think it's a similar to the word in, in Christianity, uh, in the beginning was the word. You cannot really describe what the word is. You, you, you have to come to know what it means, what, what, what the essence of it is, um, because it's beyond um, intellectual discussion, right? It's, it's the nature of things. It's the essence of things. It's emptiness, and yet it's fullness. It's sometimes translated as the way. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, early Christians called them themselves followers of the way. And, Je and Jesus was very fond of the term the way. I am the way. And, and so it's just the way things are, also the essence of things. In Hinduism, it might be called dharma, the, the, uh, the right thing, the, the just right way things are. And we can become in harmony with that just right way of things. It's not somewhere up in space. It's deep within everything. And yet it's beyond everything. It's the essence of who we are, if you like. Um, 
and when we're in it, when we're, when we're in the flow of it, we know it. We we're in that sweet spot where we feel we're do, just doing everything right naturally, effortlessly. So the Tao is is sort of untranslatable and different uh, for each person, right? We all come to it in our own unique way, and I think that's the beauty of of the Tao. Um, it doesn't have to be. Um, one thing or the other, it just is, right? It's um, when Jesus uh, talked about uh, the the inscrutable things. He, 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 yeah, with Pilate, he really didn't want to say what truth was because it cannot be described. It just is. Um, and if you have to ask, you you just don't get it, right? <laughs> um, again, in the in the Old Testament, you know, God didn't want to tell Moses his name because that would limit him. But he eventually said, "Okay, I am." that I am, you know, it's what it is, uh, which is very similar to, I think, what the Tao would be. Uh, another aspect of the Tao is it's natural. It, it's it's not something that uh, we have to strive for. It is naturally here once we release and let go, become non-resistant and allow, right? A bit like water flowing. And the Tao Te Ching talks a lot about water and the flow and how powerful it is. Um, and, of course, this has led to... Um, the influence of Taoism on martial arts uh, and the idea of the flow and allowing and and using the, somebody else's strength to your advantage. So, so you're not resisting, you're, you're, you're complementing and using um, in, in a creative and powerful way. Um, another aspect that comes up strongly in the Tao is because it's yin-yang. Uh, the dark and the light uh, aspects of being, you know, those polarities that seem to exist throughout throughout the uh, the universe. We see them everywhere, uh, light and dark, day and night, up and down. Um, and and so they, they, again, complement each other. And I think we're all familiar with the yin-yang symbol, which uh, is a symbol of purity and wholeness, uh, the, the, where these two apparent... Uh, Opposites come together in a coincidence of opposites, as we might say, as Nicholas de Cusa, the mystic, said, where seemingly opposite things complement each other. Um, there's also the virtue of non-doing, and, and that's an interesting concept, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later uh, when we talk about the correlation between uh, unity and, um, and Taoism. So let's do that. Let's talk about the, the correlation and the similarities between unity and Taoism. I think, first of all, it's it's a very, um, uh, let's say, uncodified uh, way of approach, right? A bit like unity. We have principles. We don't have dogma. And uh, one of the things that Lao Tzu uh, disliked about Confucianism was it was too rational. There was too many laws and rules and too much dogma. And he wanted something much more spontaneous. And so it's similar, I think, to unity in, the, in, the, in that we have principles, but we don't want to have dogma that limits people to have to believe a certain way. So and there's, there's a similarity uh, between Taoism and, and uh, unity right there. Um, in terms of God, um, there is no God as such in Taoism. Maybe in a later Taoism, where we, like we said earlier, there's temples and, and a sort of a worship aspect. But uh, if there is a God, uh, it would be the Tao, I guess, which which is um, really what the the Catholics often call the Godhead, the the God beyond the gods, the uh, the essence, the undifferentiated essence. 
beyond even the creator god uh the emptiness out of which all things flow right so so it's uh it's god um beyond god if that makes sense um uh, it, because god is a concept if you like and this then the Tao again is beyond conceptualizing right it, no matter how uh, exalted the concept is it still remains a, a concept and eventually all concepts have to go because we want the direct experience and and taoism is very much about uh direct experience i want to read uh, the 42nd chapter of the Tao Te Ching because to me this is fascinating the way it correlates to Christianity and also to our unity understanding and it says this the Tao begot one one begot two two begot three and three begot the ten thousand things the ten thousand things carry yin and embrace yang they achieve harmony by combining these forces. Men hate to be orphaned, widowed, or worthless, but this is how kings and lords describe themselves. For one gains by losing and losing by gaining. What others teach, I also teach. That is, a violent man will die a violent death. This will be the essence of my teaching. Wow, there's a lot there. Let's break it down a little bit. So that the, the Tao, the Godhead, be, begot one. So before even the one, um, before there was anything, there was this, uh, this impulse, uh, this unknowable essence that uh, created the one. So then, then we have the one, which would be equivalent to the Father, if you like, or the mind in the unity metaphysical trinity. One begot two, the Son, the idea, the beautiful idea of God, and two begot three, the Holy Spirit, uh, which is spirit in action, in expression. And the three then begot the, the 10,000 things, which is a, a term meaning everything, the multiplicity of life. So there you have the Trinity right there, folks. Um, so the one, the two, the three, and that begot everything, right? The three the forces, mind, idea, expression, working together to create the 10,000 things. And the 10,000 things, by their very nature, are um, held together by polarities of yin and yang, light and dark, uh, good and bad, but really they're one. They're, there is only the one. And they achieve harmony by combining these forces. Um, and then the, the end, I'm going to skip over the, the men hate to be orphaned, widows and worthless. That's a whole other discussion. But uh, I like what he says at the end. What others teach, I also teach. A violent man will die a violent death. What did Jesus say? Those who live by the sword shall die by the sword, right? So what goes around comes around. It's the law of mind action. Um, this is be the essence of my teaching. So you have to be careful where your mind is. You know, if, if, you, if you give in to a violent act, if you see yourself as a separate being, then you, you reap the rewards of that. Uh, if you see yourself as one with all and one with the Tao, then you reap that blessing as well. So um, one leads to blessing and joy. One leads to something different. Um, but we get to choose. So uh, the essence is, God, what you're thinking. God, the way you approach life, right? Um, which, which is what we're called upon to do at any time. And especially now during the, um, the shutdown, to guard our thoughts, you know, to choose the highest way possible to move forward.
So in that sense, I think uh, the Dow has many uh, similarities to um, to unity in, in, the, in the terms of uh, you know, God, we say, is omnipresent, all-knowing, um, all-powerful. And uh, I think the Tao would be the same. It's, it's, it's omnipresent. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Um, it's all-powerful, and yet it's, it's, it's helpless as well, if you see what I mean. It doesn't have the power of, the, of uh, expression. It has the power of potentiality, um, a bit like the yielding of water, uh, and yet the water wears down the rock. So it's the same kind of power, um, ever, omnipresent, everywhere present, and all-knowing. It, it, it has a deep wisdom, and we are that. We, we are part of that, um, that essence. So when we come to what's the nature of humankind, I think Taoism would say that we, we are, it, it can be in the flow of the Tao, and, and once we relax into that, all things become possible, right? We, we are super um, achieving beings of all possibility, uh, but in a very humble way, right? Because we're releasing and detaching from having to be anything special and just know that we have everything that we need flowing through us. So again, very similar to, to unity, right? That the, the, the Christ essence... Um, the uh, the spirit, the Tao, as we would say in Taoism, the Tao is within us and around us, and we can uh, flow with that or co-create with that, as we might you say in, in unity. So again, very, very similar. There's no idea of um, evil as a force outside of uh, the Tao, because there is only the Tao. And so evil is something created um, by human choice, and there's famous stories in, in Chinese philosophy, of course. We've heard some of them about what's good and what's bad. You know, something bad befalls someone, but then uh, as a result of that, a good thing happens and so on. And so it flows continually. Um, uh, the sun falls off a horse, and, and uh, but when the soldiers come to take the young to, to go into the war, he can't go because he's broken his leg, and so he's saved from the from dying in the battle and so on. So it, it's the idea that uh, if we look beyond what appears to be happening, right, uh, in, on the surface of things, go to the back of something, as Charles Fillmore, co-founder of Unity, liked to say, go to the back of it and you will find um, a deeper truth. We call it metaphysics. It's looking at the spiritual within things and not just being fooled by the surface of things. Always go back to the, to the Tao, to rest in the Tao. It's a very beautiful place to be. It's spacious. Um, it's open. It's natural. It's radiant. And it's who we are. The Buddhists talk about it, and we talked about that last week at, at the high levels of uh, Buddhist mysticism. Uh, there's that clarity, that naturalness that we are, and we and we can rest in that. And uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, we quoted uh, last week: "The pith essence of the great perfection is to dwell in the natural radiance of all that occurs, at one with actions, energies, and thoughts, beyond all contrived boundaries of view and meditation, at ease in the naked clarity of the present moment." And I would say that's exactly a description of the Tao alive in us, radiantly alive in us. 
All right, we're moving towards the break. Before we get there, though, I want to just mention a couple of things. Um, if you want to talk to me or, or converse, I'd love to have a conversation about any of these subjects we've been covering. Um, my um, my email is Paul John Roach, one word, Paul John Roach at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also check out my my website at pauljohnroach.com. Uh, uh, find out more about uh, what's what I'm doing on that. Um, and uh, we'd just love to, to hear from you. I also have a World Spirituality Facebook page, which you can access and uh, interact on that too. So we'd love to get feedback, uh, see what ideas resonate with you, what, what you'd like to see more of, um, and uh, tune the, the show to, to whatever um, you know, appeals to you. And again, thanks for watching and listening to uh, all the, the event, all the things that Unity is putting out. Thanks for listening to World Spirituality. It's part of the uh, Unity Online Radio Network. We have, I think, 35 or some shows now on on that network. It's a voice uh, and a voice of the of an awakening world, which goodness knows we need that right now. Yes. Um, and my prayer, just before we go to the break, it is that as we begin the slow process of moving out of um, the shutdown and uh, moving back into what normality looks like now, it may not be exactly the same as it was before, but we have this opportunity to do something differently. You know, I was reading today that uh, the, the carbon uh, CO2 levels were 70% down in April worldwide as a result of us not driving so much and that has a huge impact on the health of our planet so maybe there's a way we can avoid just going back to uh, the regular life and, and be more mindful about do we need to use our cars so much because we know we can survive without using it we've, we've proved that through uh, COVID-19 so uh, there may be opportunities to, to be more creative around that and also to encourage our governments to uh, rethink, whether that be local or uh, state or national, to, to think in different ways about uh, how we can protect uh, Mother, Mother Earth. All right, we're at the break. Um, we're talking about the wonderful religion of Taoism. Uh, let's listen uh, to these messages from Unity. And when we return, we'll find out more about how uh, Taoism links with the Unity teaching. Join me then. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. 
All right, welcome back to today's show, which is number seven in our eight-week series on world religions. And today we're looking at the wonderful religion of Taoism, which has so many connections and correlations to the unity teachings. We talked about God and our humanity, and let's look at some of the other great principles of unity, how they fit in with the Tao. The, the, the law of mind action is a universal law. Thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. Uh, what goes around comes around, and we see it in all religions because all religions, are, excuse me, all religions understand that correlation between uh, thought and action, uh, volition, intention, and uh, what we experience. And so uh, the Tao is, is no stranger to that. In fact, it understands it in a very subtle way and invites us not just to hold thoughts, but to return to the essence of which to be truly powerful. And I'd like to read uh, chapter 16 in that regard because um, it shows the, the higher level understanding of, of the law of mind action. It says, empty yourself of everything. Let the mind become still. The 10,000 things rise and fall while the self watches their return. They grow and flourish and then return to the source. Returning to the source is stillness, which is the way of nature. The way of nature is unchanging. Knowing constancy is insight. Not knowing constancy leads to disaster. Knowing constancy, the mind is open. With an open mind, you will be open-hearted. Being open-hearted, you will act royally. Being royal, you will attain the divine. Being divine, you will be at one with the Tao. Being at one with the Tao is eternal. And though the body dies, the Tao will never pass away. Isn't that beautiful? This idea of being constantly and in, in that awareness of the Tao, um, emptying ourselves of, of all the conditions of our lives and returning to what's really important, right? It's, it's beholding the Christ, if you like. And then all the multiplicity of the world rises and falls. But when we remember the Tao, it rises and falls in beautiful ways for us because we're not getting in the way. Our humanness is not imposing its will but, but acting creatively, like we said earlier, co-creating with, uh, with the Tao to bring forth the best result. Um, because, you know, God knows better than we do, right? God knows what we need. Sometimes we doubt that. We think uh, when we say, your will, Lord, not mine, we think, wait a minute now, maybe God doesn't want to bring me the good that I desire. But God is good, right? <laughs> it's only our humanness that gets in the way, thinking that we, we, we have a better handle on life than, than the spirit does, than the Tao does. And so to have an open mind, to empty oneself of thinking you have to control everything, it is the first step in in a magnificent life. So um, we know that life is full of polarities, yes, but as we said earlier, these polarities are part of the whole, right? Yin and yang, the light and the dark, the male and the female. And uh, when we separate them, then we got problems, right? When we see one as a stranger and we see another person as a problem, then we have problems. But when we see that they are simply aspects of me, uh, aspects of, the, of this uh, polarity that leads to wholeness, then we can relax, I think, and, and take a load off, you know, that nobody's trying to hurt me except in my own mind. And um, 
when I let go of that idea that somebody is, is in separation or enmity towards me, then I could truly relax and live my life effectively, knowing that we're interconnected. So I think interconnection, um, interbeing, as Thich Nhat Hanh, a great Buddhist teacher, said, is, is part of, um, of the Taoist understanding as well, that, that there, there is only the one, actually. There is only the Tao. Prayer. You know, there's no real prayer in the sense that uh, we're praying to the Tao, uh, because that wouldn't make sense, I don't think, to a Taoist, because the Tao is is intimately within us. It wouldn't make sense to to pray, but maybe it fits in with our unity understanding of prayer, which is more alignment with an affirmation of the truth, right? Living it, uh, being it. So I think it, in that sense, the, it, it's, that would be the prayer, is simply to be a living prayer in, of all day, daily action is prayer, right? Uh, chop wood, carry water um, would be a, an understanding of that. Uh, we do the very simple things with mindfulness, and that is a living prayer. So everything becomes a prayer. So in that sense, it's, it's a highly practical uh, way of approaching, approaching our lives. The fifth principle in unity is it's it's okay to have all these wonderful uh, prayers and uh, knowledge about God um, and in lovely names for God and how wonderful we are as the Christ being, uh, Christ spirit. But unless we put it into practice in our lives, it's, it's not worth anything. And so uh, we endeavor to, to live it. And uh, the Tao is all about living. There's many chapters, by the way, in the Tao Te Ching, that talk about how to effectively govern a country or govern our own minds, govern in terms of even the things we have to do in our in our everyday life or at work uh, in a healthy, uh, effective way. So the Tao is very concerned about how we put it into practice. And one of the key terms that is used in, in Chinese is, is Wu Wei, uh, which, which again is difficult to translate. My favorite translation of that word is actionless activity. And you may say, well, okay, how can you have actionless activity? You know, you have to act, so it can't be actionless. But I think what it means is activity that's released from attachment to that activity, um, not doing it because you want a specific result and you're not going to be happy unless you get the right result. You're simply doing it and letting go, right? You, you, you have decided that that is the best activity you can do at this particular time. You do it and you release it. Then you move on. It's activity without any strings attached, and it's very freeing. If you've ever done that kind of activity, there's, there's, it's when you're talking with someone without expectation of, of what you're going to say back to that person. You know, just listening, and you're not trying to think all the time about how you're going to respond. You're truly trying to listen. That's actionless activity. When you've got it all worked out, what you're going to say in response. That, that, that's not actionless because you, you have an act that you want to impose there. So um, when you give, do you give because somebody then think how wonderful you are? That's not actionless activity. To give freely because that's who you are. You're a generous-hearted person, um, and you don't have to have um, kudos as a result of that giving. That's actionless activity. So it's done with that motive and remember, folks, you know, when you realize that you have everything, that you are the Christ, you are the Tao, 
you don't need to have anybody tell you how great you are because you've already received the reward of knowing the truth, right, of being in the presence. And it's a very humbling but beautiful place to be. Um, it's a very natural place to be. I want to read uh, along those lines a um, a short passage from Tianzu, who was uh, the um, the second great Taoist, if you like, and uh, this is this is about uh, just being natural in your life um, and uh, simple. Uh, it's, in fact, it's called the natural life. Let me read it. Tianzu was fishing in the river when the prince of Chu sent two high officials to ask him to take charge of the administration of the Chu state. Jiang Su went on fishing. Without turning his head, said, I have heard that in Chu there is a treasure, which is a sacred tortoise, which has been dead now for some 3,000 years, and that the prince keeps this tortoise carefully enclosed in a chest on the altar of his ancestral people. Now, would this tortoise rather be dead and have its remains venerated or be alive and wagging its tail in the mud? It would rather be alive, replied the two officials. Be gone then, cried Chang Su. I too will wag my tail in the mud. <laughs> so in other words, he wanted a natural life of simply being himself rather than having to be somebody important in the palace, right? And... Uh, taught a lovely uh, story there, about, about a parable about that. And, and I like that because sometimes we do things not because we really want to do them, but because we feel we should or somebody's telling us to do something. It's not coming from a place of naturalness and ease. It's not coming from the Tao. It's coming from those inner voices that tell us I have to act a certain way. I have to put on a mask. Uh, and not just a COVID mask, but a, a mask that hides the true reality of of who we are. And, and so, the, you know, the, it's saying just let go of that. Just be yourself. Um, you know, even at my exalted age of 67, I know there's many people older than my, I am, but it sim, seems old to me. Uh, I've been serving on Unity um, World Headquarters uh, for a few years now, and I feel honored to do, to do that as a, as a board member. Um, but even there, I've, I, I've had to check myself, you know, because, uh, oh, my goodness, I'm on this board. How do I need to act? You know, how, how do I interact with others? Uh, what, what is my role here? And you can get your ego caught up into all that until you, you're no longer acting naturally. And, and so that's been a, a good education for me to, to let go of that and just simply be me, bring my 67 years of experience um, and my right to be there uh, into the into the uh, arena and relax uh, and not try and be somebody or, or some special thing, put a mask on, but to naturally be myself. And uh, that that's been a, a good education. You know, it's never you're never too old to learn, right? I think this is another aspect of the Tao um, to stay always attentive, childlike. I think Jesus mentioned that too, right? To uh, to return to that natural childlike state and yet with the wisdom of uh, maturity as well many years ago i found this quote again it's from jang zhu um, and it's from a, a wonderful book by thomas merton called uh, who was the great uh, catholic mystic of our age uh, one of them 
And uh, the, the book is called The Way of Jiangsu, and uh, I love it. It's got some great wisdom in it. But this is called The Man of Tao. And I'm going to say The Person of Tao because we're, we're no longer into masculine and feminine, right? We're trying to embrace all here because we are one, male and female. The person in whom Tao, excuse me, the person in whom Tao acts without impediment harms no other being by his actions, yet he does not know himself to be kind or gentle. The person in whom Tao acts without impediment does not bother with her own interests and does not despise others who do. She does not struggle to make money and does not make a virtue of poverty. She goes her way without relying on others and does not pride herself on walking alone. While he does not follow the crowd, he won't complain of those who do. Rank and reward make no appeal to him. Disgrace and shame do not deter him. She is not always looking for right and wrong, always deciding yes or no. The ancients said, therefore, the man of Tao, the person of Tao, remains unknown. Perfect virtue produces nothing. No self is true self. And the greatest man, the greatest person, is nobody. And I know there's a lot in there, isn't there, folks? We could discuss that for a long time. But let's take that last bit, that last quote. The person of Tao remains unknown. Perfect virtue produces nothing. No self is true self. And the greatest man, the greatest person, is nobody. So... Remains unknown. You don't have to puff yourself up. You are simply a conduit for the good to express. Perfect virtue produces nothing in the sense that it's, it's traceless. It does its work and then disappears, right? It's as if it all happened by itself, and yet it didn't. There was a lot of work involved, but, but it was everybody's work, um, and, and it happens seemingly effortlessly. So it produced something, but it didn't produce something with an edifice that says, oh, look at that, look all we've created. No, it just contributed to the flow of good. No self is true self. When you get yourself out of the way, then you remember who you truly are. And the greatest person is nobody. I love being nobody because then you're everybody, Right. When you're somebody, then there's somebody else that's different from you. When you're nobody, you're everybody. And that frees you again and allows you to be this amazing, limitless, universal being of all possibility. And that's some of the more profound teachings that the, the Tao imparts, I think, for us, which is quite fascinating. And again, I know we're, we're discussing this briefly for an hour but the Tao can be read, uh, you know, in, in a short time, uh, the books, but the, the, the message is timeless and, and we can take it into um, deep meditation or just practice it in our everyday life. See, see how that fits with us today. What's it like to be empty and open to the truth of our being? So for the rest of the show, um, I want to read some... Uh, some chapters again from the from the Tao. Maybe we'll interpret a couple of them. See what we think. Let drop. Let these drop into your consciousness and percolate there. And something wonderful may come forth today. This is eighteen. 
When the great Tao is forgotten, kindness and morality arise. When wisdom and intelligence are born, the great pretense begins. When there is no peace within the family, filial piety and devotion arise. When the country is confused and in chaos, loyal ministers appear. And I can't help but think how apropos that is in modern-day America right now. Um, the, the, when we forget the essence of things, then we rely on, on qualities. And some of the qualities are good, you know, kindness and morality. Um, but, but they're not really the essence, right? And so we, we begin to have discussion around, well, what, what does wisdom and intelligence and kindness mean? And they mean different things for, to different people. Um, when there's no peace within the family, filial piety and devotion arise, right? When we're not naturally living from beautiful family values, then we start to enshrine them and make them important, and everybody must live that way. And when the country is confused and in chaos, and there is confusion today, loyal ministers appear. Then we demand loyalty rather than allowing the Tao to express naturally. And, um, you know, when you have to have loyalty all the time, uh, then you, you've cut off uh, the, the the true essence of that person. You demand they act in a certain in a certain way. I think you could see your, many relationships fall apart in that regard because we we demand a certain thing from our partner, um, and if they can't provide it, then we're going to leave them. Well, maybe they can't provide it. Maybe it's not about providing. Maybe it's about understanding each other. 24. He who stands on tiptoe is not steady. He who strides cannot maintain the pace. He who makes a show is not enlightened. He who is self-righteous is not respected. He who boasts achieves nothing. He who brags will not endure. According to followers of the Tao, these are extra food and, and, and unnecessary luggage. They do not bring happiness. Therefore, followers of the Tao avoid them. Again, I love that. It's when we're stretching to achieve something or, or making a show of something, uh, trying to be self-righteous or boasting. We're, we're losing touch with our essence, right? We're, we're, we're overstating our humanness. And these are extra food and unnecessary luggage. I like the way that's that's uh, placed. We all know about extra food, right? It feels good to eat a little bit more, doesn't it? Um, and we're encouraged to do so in in our in our society. But sometimes, you know, having less uh, leads us back to to wholeness and healthiness. All right, here's another one. Knowing others is wisdom. Knowing the self is enlightenment. Mastering others requires force. Mastering the self needs strength. He who knows he has enough is rich. Perseverance is a sign of willpower. He who stays where he is endures. To die but not to perish is to be eternally present. Wow. I love that. He who stays where he is endures. That doesn't necessarily mean in lockdown, shut in, but it means be where you are at any given time. Don't be pushed off center by conditions or your own thoughts, uh, by emotions, whatever, but to be centered and poised in the Christ spirit, as Charles Fulmore said. 
when I am centers and poised in the Christ spirit, nothing can disturb the calm peace of my soul. And again, the invitation is to turn within and understand yourself rather than trying to understand control of everybody else. Because that will probably never happen, folks. You're never going to understand everybody in the world. Um, but the key is to find out who you are and then live accordingly. 36. That which shrinks must first expand. That which fails must first be strong. That which is cast down must first be raised. Before receiving, there must be giving. This is called perception of the nature of things. Soft and weak overcome hard and strong. Fish cannot leave deep waters, and a country's weapons should not be displayed. Wow. Again, so much in that that I could uh, I could uh, talk about it for an hour, I think, um, because it's it's so true. You know, in other words, the complementary aspect of things, right? The yin-yang is very much there. Um, that which shrinks must first expand. It's just the nature of things. You can't have things just one way. There's a natural flow to everything and be part of that. It's, this is the perception of the nature of things. And allowing that, you know, the seemingly soft and weak overcomes the heart and strong. When you don't have to have it a certain way, you become soft, pliable, receptive. And, uh, and then you truly understand um, fish cannot leave deep waters, right? That, that is the nature of our truth, that we are immersed in the universe of infinite, infinite good. Um, and, and so when, when we are remembering that, all is well. And the country's weapons should not be displayed. What does that mean, do you think? I'm going to just drop that in there and not say anything about it because uh, there's, there's a lot of things you could say about that. But, but for me, I think, I, I will attempt it. Um, I think it means that, uh, you know, we, we, all, we all have abilities, uh, but if we, if we show off about them, um, then we ruin it, right? We should do them gracefully at the right time and the right place uh, and not make a show of uh, all, the, all the strengths and, and um, gifts that we have because we sound like a fool when we do so. All right, a couple more, and I, th I think we're going to be at the end of our, our show here. I hope that uh, what we've discussed today has given you some insight into Taoism. It's also inspired you, perhaps, to get a copy of uh, the works of Jiang Zhu or, or Lao Tzu and um, dip, it, dip in a little more deeply yourself, because these are fascinating things. And maybe start with Stephen Mitchell's translation, because it's, it's very accessible. Though I, I do love the one I'm reading from now, which is translated by uh, Jia Fu Fang and, and Jane English, because um, it's very faithful to the original um, and, and yet clear. This one was uh, a, a passage from the Tao that was sent to George Harrison by a, a, a great scholar and translator of Eastern text, Juan Mascaro, back in the 60s, and uh, Juan Mascaro asked George Harrison if he'd uh, write a, a song uh, using these, these words, and he did so, and it's called, I believe, The Inner Light. Um, so you can find that as one of the Beatles, uh, in one of the Beatles' albums, uh, but it's from 47 uh, in the Tao. Without going outside, you may know the whole world. Without looking through the window, you may see the ways of heaven. The farther you go, the less you know. 
Thus the sage knows without traveling. He sees without looking. He works without doing. And if there's a better chapter for COVID-19, I don't know what is. That is perfect, isn't it? Without going outside, you may know the whole world, folks. Without looking through the window, you may see the ways of heaven because it's all here, right? We have everything we need within us. And I don't mean don't go for a walk or whatever, but it means stay centered in your being and all will be given to you, right? The universe will roll in ecstasy at your feet. Uh, thus the sage knows without traveling, sees without looking, works without doing. It's that actionless activity. All right, one more, and then we've got to say goodbye. Um, this is 76. A man is born gentle and weak. At his death, he is hard and stiff. Green plants are tender and filled with sap. At their death, they are withered and dry. Therefore, the stiff and unbending is the, is the disciple of death. The gentle and yielding is the disciple of life. Thus, an army without flexibility never wins a battle. A tree that is unbending is easily broken. The hard and strong will fall. The soft and weak will overcome. So let's take that into thought this day. What does it mean to be soft and weak or apparently weak? Because actually that flexibility is immensely strong. All right, let me tell you about next week. Uh, next week in the last week in our series on Unity and World Religions. I'm joined by Qigong, uh, Qigong, excuse me, Qigong practitioner and teacher and labyrinth guide Pat Daraj, and we're going to talk about primal religions from um, all kinds of things, actually, from native spiritualities to shamanism to dudism, which is a modern form uh, of spirituality to ancient Norse and Celtic traditions, uh, smorgasbord of all the things that we didn't have time to cover in the first seven weeks. So join me then. Thanks for listening today. Stay safe. Goodbye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.